brother. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing Dude, well. it's so cool that you're sitting there right now, man. Thanks for, for having me over here. This is an honor to be here. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, as you and I both uh, 100% uh, understand, God works in some pretty amazing ways. Mm. And the fact that Eric Gifford, my, my uh, God Shout bless you, Eric, we love you. <laughs> you know, my, my former neighbor was, who's been on your board. How long has he been on your board now? Since the beginning, four years. Four, four years. Yes. And so... You know, Eric is a solid human being. I mean, he's really the salt of the earth. And, mm. and, and, you know, when he called me and we chatted and he talked about you and, and the 22 Project, he, he, I could hear it in his voice, mm. right? And I could hear his real passion and his, his dedication for what he's doing. And, and what was interesting was that in a time, you know, I lived across the street from him. It was, I think it was like four or five years. And... But I, I never had that sense of, of, of focus on, you know, my past service or other, other service. And so it was really just this heartfelt, uh, emotional conversation. And he was like, hey, man, you got to come meet Alex. And, yeah. and, and here we are, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny how that, you know, sometimes you hear about it and then it's not in your forethought. And then your past cross later on because, you know, it's, you, you lost a buddy. You know, somebody took their life. You know, you hear it all the time. Um, it was the same for me. When, you know, I had no idea that we were losing 22 soldiers every day. So, tell, 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 yeah, let's start there. I mean, that's okay. the perfect place because I think anytime anybody starts a veterans charity, which they're, you know, the last estimate I heard, there's like 46,000 of them, right? And less than 20% are meeting that gold charity standard where 70 cents on the dollar or more goes to the veteran itself. So, you know, you know, in, in that sea, right, the that giant sea of veterans charities to, to finally see and meet somebody that is doing really positive, profound work, man, that's amazing. So tell us, you know, how it happened. Well, it, it, it all started uh, when I went to, uh, I was invited by a friend to participate in a uh, charity a few years ago to help veterans that were homeless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I bought a foursome, I played golf. We won that year, the very first one we won. <laughs> Pretty excited. I brought yeah. a ringer, so it worked out good. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, in every tee box, they put all the sponsors, all yep. the corporate sponsors, but in every tee box, there was a 22. There was just a 22 number with a black sign. And then I found out later, I said, what does the 22 stand for? And uh, somebody, one of the guys I was playing with, he says, well, that's the number of uh, veteran suicides per day. And I said, per day? And he said, yeah. And this was uh, going four or five years ago. Right. And I, I was unaware. Um, I didn't serve. I didn't have a service background. But I, I was like, I, I just can't believe it. I got this righteous indignation of, well, how is that possible? You know, I looked up the statistics and I saw, you know, on average, we lose a little bit over 100 people a day to suicide about 110 mm -hmm. so almost a quarter of that were veterans and soldiers that's substantial and and yeah. when you look at the yeah. fraction of the population that actually serves it's less than one percent right it's yeah that's substantial it, it doesn't even make sense right so um fortunately in, in my line of work in 2009 we did a small pilot program that a colonel 
uh, who's and what it is what is it that you do for a living just oh, so thank they know you. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i have an imaging center in delray beach and what's it called yeah it's called southeast medical imaging okay it's been around since uh 1996 okay uh, so we've been doing cardiac stress tests ultrasounds echocardiograms used to do cat scans x-ray uh but pre uh, predominantly nuclear medicine ultrasound right um so we were approached uh, that they had a, a, a funding to do 10 Gulf War veterans, uh, treat them with hyperbaric oxygen, do 40 treatments, but they needed a way to measure perfusion of the brain. Mm -hmm. in, in typical radiology in an outpatient center, we don't do brain spec imaging. But, Wait, is this before or after the golf tournament? This was before the golf tournament. Oh, wow. Okay. This so you, you knew. The you, seeds were planted yeah, before okay. I went great, to that golf great. tournament. Oh, wow. Okay. And so this was in 2009. Yep. Uh, when I when we did this small pilot program with the veterans um, and these were Gulf War veterans that were in their 30s they came in they were uh, uh, very um, aggressive wouldn't talk to anybody you know they had that you know thousand mile stare yep um, and even some of my staff they didn't you know they didn't even know how to handle them because you know they felt a little intimidated by it um, but we did the scan and I looked at this scan because I figured out you know, what isotope we needed to use. Sorry, I jump around a little no, bit. No, it's all right. That's the way my uh, brain works too. I love it. I'm tracking. <laughs> uh, we, did, we, we figured out the protocol, found out what isotope, it's something called Ceratec. Right. Uh, it's pretty expensive, but you know, pharmacies, GE produces it. And so we were able to um, get the isotopes and we were able to do this test pilot program. So we did it and uh, we did the baseline scans on these young men in 2009. And I looked at the scans and, you know, it was, it was like Swiss cheese. I mean, the, the, the renderings, the 3D renderings on the, the uh, cortex of the brain, mm -hmm. there was no, no, uh, no isotopes in the frontal lobes. Nothing. Nothing. Black, just black. It didn't even resemble a brain. I mean, it was, wow. portions of it were not existent. Not existent. Wow. Um, and so, I, you know, it made sense why these young men were feeling and acting the way they did. If you have a brain that looks like that, it's going to make sense. So, but that wasn't really the aha moment. The aha moment is these guys came back three weeks later after 40 treatments mm -hmm. and every single one of them improved on the scan. Every one of them. Every one of them. And clinically they improved. Are, are we saying, are we saying a, 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 a moderate improvement or, or dramatic significant, significant, significant improvement, significant okay. improvement where um, I have those original renderings. I mean, it's pretty, the before and after right. is a stark difference. The frontal lobe was engaged. The temporal lobes were functioning again. So, you know, these guys were feeling, they were Man, sleeping. I would really love to do an art piece with those scans. I have uh, Yeah. I if, can if, share them with if you. If you could, yes. that would be fine. Because yes. I'd love to put together an art Absolutely. piece for that. Yeah, they're yeah. anonymized and, yeah. and we can definitely Absolutely, do that. Absolutely, man. Um, I'll share that with you. And cool. You can put it on your podcast. Because, I mean, yeah. you don't have to be a, a radiologist or, you know, somebody that does this for a living to understand what you're looking at. Right. It's a 3D rendering yep. of the brain and it's night and day. Yeah. And, you know, and it kept happening. So those were the seeds that were planted early on. I continued to advance in nuclear imaging and brain spec yep. imaging. And we were doing it for young kids, for ADHD. We were doing it for, you know, different obsessive compulsive behavior. Yeah. Anything brain related, stroke patients, anything psychiatric. Um, and then I started to follow Daniel Amen. 
He's a doctor out of California, most notably known for, hey, what a novel thought that let's image the brain before we treat the brain. (laughs) Come up with a conclusion here, you know, and see if it works. What a genius. (laughs) Yes, yes. He had a a radiology background. Right, right. So he was able to adapt that, decided to go into psychiatry. He was able to adapt that into his psychiatric practice which is substantial uh, he's he's done amazing work he's built an atlas so he's give us almost a guideline for us to follow right and in terms of in terms of all the variables within mental health disorder all the variables within trauma all the you know physical plus mental trauma all mm-hmm. that he has the roadmap correct that he's done okay correct the challenge was uh, you know in radiology because i had i have great radiologists that that i work with you know, they would look at the renderings and they would say, you know, they would just see colors. And I say, well, that's not really scientific. We can't really grade and judge off that. So I yeah. ended up, well, because it was very archaic. They were, you know, it's not the way we look at normal radiology. We look at intensity levels. Yeah. And we look at these bar graphs that give us much better shades of, you know, yellows, high intensity, reds. You know, low intensity, you get down into the darker blues, the okay. black. So that's how we're able to tell if a brain is high functioning too much so right. for like a little kid who has what, what dr amen calls the ring of fire when you have a little kid that's nine ten years old you put them in a dark room to rest and their brain lights up like you know they call but, it the ring of fire right. that's not the child that you want to put on a stimulant right at all that's at, like lighting a yeah. match to <laughs> yeah it's literally giving them you know pharmaceutical grade meth uh, yeah it is yeah it is so you know they were learning that well if if we need to tone down the brain they would treat it with you know off-label seizure medication bring down the high intensities and lo and behold comp- compulsive behaviors start to go away you know the, the child starts to feel a little bit better he's not you know so these are things that we started to put together early on yeah and it just, it, it's a lot easier to treat. I treated my own son wow. you know, through the help of great physicians, pediatric psychiatrists that knew how to read these spec scans. And we identified what we call comorbidities, right? Because yep. you can have a traumatic brain injury, but you might have other things. You might have ADHD. Yep. You might have compulsive behavior. Which one do you treat first? Right. Right. Yeah. So you need you to have be a on, this, on the on the spectrum. You could have, exactly. you know, minimal forms of, of bipolar. Yeah. All yes. that. Yeah. Absolutely. All of those play a major role in brain function. Exactly. So you want, you know, the way that it's been taught to me is you treat from the back of the brain forward. Right. Right. So if you have somebody that has frontal lobe uh, deficiencies, that's probably what you would treat last. Okay. Right. But if they have issues with their temporal lobe, which would cause anger issues, it would cause memory issues. If you have the anterior gyrus cingulate, which is up in the top of the Mm -hmm. brain, parietal lobe, right. Uh, it's more associated with compulsive behavior. So you treat those first, tone those down, get them at a better situation before you treat the frontal lobe. Did you feel at all like my God, you know, neurobiology or neurophysiology is pretty, pretty overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the last great frontier of, of medicine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Was it a little intimidating with, with, because of how new this, the, the scans were, how new, um, the, um, diagnostic abilities were right versus, uh, the data that was available and how to measure it. Was it a little yes. intimidating getting into it at first? It was very intimidating. Yeah. And, you know, but I respected the, the, you know, Dr. Amen, the work that he was, and it made sense. Yeah. You know, because whatever he would describe on the scan and then he would associate with, you know, the, the clinical indication that's associated with it, 
you would he would treat it time and time and time again and, and it would get better wow. absolutely wow absolutely so that's so cool it's and you know i i love you know in the medical field you're always going to have the naysayers yep right they're going to say well brain spec imaging is not a, a credible uh, radiology well we, we use it for other applications we use it in children pediatrics to detect where seizure activity is starting massive absolutely we use it for to uh, detect uh, brain death if someone's in a coma and you have to determine well are they dead clinically or not yep they don't go to an mri or ct because it's going to look normal, normal even if they're yeah dead, yeah yeah you know so they do a nuclear scan right uh, and then i also say well the the gold standard for cardiac stress tests to determine whether your myocardium has perfusion is we use nuclear medicine right so if it's good enough to the heart to be able to detect that you have perfusion in all the coronary arteries why is it not good enough for the brain if you're tagging it with the right agent right to well, see perfusion well most i mean the easiest response is because the people that have MRI businesses and, and the other, they don't want you coming after their yes. business and yes. discrediting their, their and, and, and you know, it's just, man, it's people staking out their own piece of the pie with, with conviction, you right. know, and even right. the military. I mean, the military for years and years and years has, has stayed away from being, you know, making definitive diagnosis with yes. all these because they're like, well, we're not really sure if that right. happened before you were in or after, right. or, you know, and right. it opens up Pandora's box for them for liability, yes. right? So. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and being a parent of a child who had a learning disability, I could tell you our first emotion, because, you know, now I'm the owner, I'm looking at my son's scan at 10 years old. You know, yeah. you, want, you never want to hear that there's something wrong with your child. Ever. You know, so I remember looking over at my wife as they're telling us, because we knew he had ADHD. We could see that because he was struggling in school. He was hyperactive, you know, but some of the other things that we didn't put together, we, we didn't we didn't associate it with comorbidities. We didn't understand. We just thought he had one issue. Right. So when they sat sat us down and they said, well, your son struggles with compulsive behaviors. Your son struggles with other things. And, you know, I look at her and she's tearing up and yeah. I, you feel at that point, you feel lost, honestly. And then you're How like- How could you not? Yeah, you're like, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a long journey, but here's the cool part, and here's how God works. As we, we treated his compulsive behavior, it went away within three months. You know, the, the doctors put him on triliptal. It was a temporary thing. Right. It worked. I yeah. mean, his sensory issues went away. You know, little things that used to bug me that I thought were more behavioral as a parent. Like, right. you know, they're getting in your car and they slam the door. Yeah. Like, senselessly slam the door right. and you're yelling at them thinking what is wrong with you but when you look at the brain scan it starts to make sense wow i've been hard on my son all this time thinking it's behavioral and it's not and it's not the way it's cognitive yeah it's, it's cognitive way for brain sure functions. yeah absolutely my my you know I, I have a daughter that struggles with some ocdb right with mm -hmm. little things here and there and and so we always wonder, you know, what else is going on? Is it strictly emotional? Is it behavioral? Is there something deeper? And I mean, it's really cool to hear your story that it's that that's another avenue we could explore, man. Absolutely. That's really cool. That's Absolutely. really cool. That must have been empowering. the most gratifying, yes. empowering feeling yes. in the world to be able to finally give your son relief. Yes. And then how do you tell other parents? This is a, a better path. Yeah. You know, you don't have to throw everything at it at once and try to fix them because you can't keep up in school. Right. You just, you know, you process through it and you figure out ways as a parent, what's good for my child. Yeah. You know, and luckily we had these tools. Yeah. So we were blessed. Yeah. Uh, but so we treat him for eight months with 
you know, get his compulsion behavior. And now my wife's like, all right, let's address his cognitive, you know, his ADHD. Yeah. So she said, let's put him through hyperbaric. And I said, absolutely, let's do it. Now's the time. So it just so happened that while he was in one chamber at 10 years old, working on his brain health, yeah. there was an SF in the next chamber, a special forces veteran that right. already had tried to commit suicide a couple times. Right was put in jail because he was always, you know, lashing out and angry, yep. you know, getting into fights all the time. And he reached out to us and, and we helped him out with the scan. The hyperbaric center helped him out with the hyperbaric. So he was in the chamber next to my son. And so my wife is going there every day and she's seeing George, the SF guy, who was, you know, at one point a recluse starting to become like a social butterfly. Right. Guy, a know, normal human being. Normal yeah. human being, normal yeah. behavior. And so I became friends with George and I said, George, is there anything else I can do to help? And I said, you're doing great. And he, you know, he, back then they didn't really have a lot of uh, PTSD therapies. It wasn't the same as there is no, today. No, like it was, it was, you know, right on the precipice of, of there were a couple guys in particular and, and you know, the doctor, my psychologist and a guy that wrote this paper that I want to talk about in a little bit. I mean, he'd been actively you know, studying post-traumatic stress for, at that point, about 20, 20 years. Hmm. And so there were certain psychologists out there that were like, hey, this is a real thing and we need to evaluate it. But the VA certainly wasn't looking at and putting it on, on you know, where it needed to be, right? right? It, right. You know, so. Right. Yeah, no. this was in 2015, I would say. So, and I asked him, I said, have you tried? Because he was still a little jittery, he had anxiety yeah. that he struggled with. And I said, well, what about, you know, going to therapy is like, that's not my thing. You know, a lot of the guys that are there and they're not there for the right reasons. And I said, I see your point. I said, well, I'm going to church this weekend if you want to come. And he goes, now nah, that I can do. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know, I just invited him as a friend. Come, come with my family, come to church with us. And George sat down there for two hours, our, you know, a long-winded pastor's message, you know, it's like, I'm looking <laughs> over, I'm like, this guy's going to break at any minute, you know, there's no way. He'll yeah. But he was listening on pins and needles. Yeah. And then, the, you know, the pastor gave an altar call, affectionately gave an altar call to come give your life to the Lord. And I look over at him, he looks at me, I go, hey, brother, you want to go up there? And he goes, yeah, I need to be up there. And I go, I'll go with you. And that was, that was, that was where really, that was it. That was it for me because, you know, I'm a man of faith. Yep. You know, when I read the gospels, I see Jesus going from town to town and what is he doing? He's healing the sick. He's giving those that that need help. He's helping their physical needs first. Yeah. And then he tells them about eternity. He's not saying, let's go, let's go to church. Let's go to temple. You know, they are the church. They are the church. And it's about building it you know, one at a time, one, one person, person at, at a time. time. Amen. And, and, and so I, that's our model. You know, we don't, we don't push the faith-based thing on any veteran. Well, before we get to that, let's mm-hmm. go, let's wrap back around to that golf, oh, that yes. golf tournament, okay. because yes. that, that seemed like another pivotal moment for yeah. you where yeah. kind of that light went on. And mm-hmm. I think, I think so often people in life that are immersed in their own stressors and their own, their own uh, um, convictions, shall we say, right? Mm. We, they miss opportunities. They aren't paying attention yeah. to what the Lord's telling them. They don't yeah. see the signs, mm-hmm. but you did mm-hmm. on multiple occasions. And mm-hmm. so can you describe that feeling <laughs> in that day for me? Yeah, it was a big sign, actually. Um, we're done with the golf tournament, you know, um, and there's a, a, a gentleman, his name is John Goldman. We've become great friends uh, since that golf tournament. Uh, John Goldman got uh, up in the middle of the of the uh, the stage where they were having it mm-hmm. after the dinner, 
and they were shaving his head into a mohawk. He's a Marine, former yeah. Marine. Shaving makes his, sense. Shaving that makes total <laughs> sense, John. That makes total sense. Good job on that one, yeah. dog. <laughs> so they're shaving his head into a mohawk, dyeing it pink. And he said, you know, I won this bet. And I go, it doesn't look like you won, buddy. It looks like you lost. You know? <laughs> and he goes, no, I won this bet. He says, I raised $8,000. Wow. And, and I said, if I would raise that money, I'd let them shave my head. And he's a banker. Yeah. You know, he's a serious, he's a, you know, so he's running a business, you know, and, but it was what he said. He got up there and he started talking about, and his commute, you know, to work every day to the bank. He was in um, Fort Lauderdale mm -hmm. and there was a young guy in fatigues on the street and he pulled up to him and he said, do you serve? He said, yeah. And then he said, I was in the Marines, Semper Fi. And then he said, when's the last time you ate? And he says, I haven't eaten in three days. John said, get in the car. Let's go have, let's, let's go eat breakfast. Wow. And so he took him to go eat. And he just said, you know, hey, I have friends. They're helping veterans with transitional housing. Here's my, my number. You know, when you're ready, because he, he didn't want to yeah. leave the streets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nobody so does, man. Young man's yep. name was Billy. He talks about Billy. And so he's up there talking about Billy. And, and he said, you know, he saw him a couple more times. He went out to eat with him. And then he didn't see him for a few weeks. And he thought, well, maybe Billy moved on or something. Yeah. So he gets a, a call uh, a few weeks later from the Hollywood uh, Police Department. And they said, you know, we found somebody who took their life. And the only identification he had was your business card. We need you to come identify the body. Oh, my God. And so, you know, Billy being a young guy, you know, he went and, and identified the body. He actually looked up through his contacts where he lived. He lived somewhere up north in the northeast. Yeah. Found out he had a wife and kids. Oh. Just came back from, oh. from serving from a deployment and never went back home. Just didn't go home. Just didn't go home. He was living in the streets of Fort Lauderdale. And so that was the, that was the moment that I, I said I, I got angry. I got angry and I yes, like, like you were fuming yeah, and, or was yeah. it more like, was it, was it a focused anger or was it just that, that, that angry, the angriness at how harsh life can be? I just thought it was senseless yeah. that we lost a life of somebody who served. And, you know, I have an 18 year old son and a lot of these young men, when they leave, you have parents that get back their son or their daughters that they're not the same when they left hundred percent. And, and I'm, I'm, I feel that pain. I, I put myself in those shoes of those parents and I, I, you know, I'm with those parents. Yeah. You know, so I get it. And it could be my son coming back like that. And then where do you go for help? Well, the, the hardest part, you know, is your parents, you know, my parents, when I went in, they had so much, they, they, they had reservations for sure. But then once I actually made it through buds, hmm. And, and started progressing forward because it took me a long time to get through buds. Then this sense of pride started to fill them. And then my mom, you know, really started to change in terms of her faith in, in the mm. service and what it does. But then I go to war mm. and come back from that. And you could tell she's like, where's my, my baby boy? Right. You know, what happened to him? And she saw my struggles and was like, wait a minute. Why is this happening? Here he goes from this elite military unit where he's performing at the highest level, but to where now he can't keep a relationship. He's partying. He's, mm -hmm. he's in a bad state. What happened? And there aren't any answers for mm -hmm. most, for most people mm -hmm. that you just chalk it up as, Oh, it's the effects of, of combat. It's the effects of whatever. But now thank mm -hmm. God we're starting to understand that there is some real 
scientific and medical evidence that a lot more is going on than, than just the experience. So, Absolutely. so you do when you, when you heard the story, what, what, what was the next step for you? The story of Billy just stayed with me. Um, I, you know, and, and honestly, the time with helping George was ending, you know, he seemed to have improved and, you know, I was just in my own time of prayer, you know, I just sensed that God was putting on my heart and all of a sudden the 22 project just came to my mind. Really? Yeah. So I, the first thing I did was, was I was like, let me go look up this name first. Make yeah. sure it's not taken. <laughs> I, go, I don't know where it came from. But, well, but, there's some other really dis, there's like uh, twenty mission twenty two yes. is out there. They're big, after, big, big after, after yes. you guys. Yes, yeah, yes, okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's a, there's a, there's quite a few now that have adopted the yes. twenty two as the the cornerstone of of their messaging. And right. so, it, but that was the one that stuck with you, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the significance of that is not really about me. Yeah. It's not really about what Alex Cruz is doing or anything like that. No, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. It's about that number that's unfathomable. Well, I think more than that, because, you know, the connotation of having a project, meaning we're doing something about yeah. it. We're yeah. not just going to look at the number and say, you know, hey, what can we do? Right? right. But I had a tool. I knew of a tool that was helping. it. Now, it was insurmountable to think, how do you help guys on a treatment that costs, you know, around ten and eight to ten thousand yeah. dollars? You know, and but so I didn't get, and that's just for H bot. That's just for the 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 hyperbarics, correct. right? The forty dots. That's correct. It's and not we'll, covered we'll, by insurance. Yeah, and we'll get into the mm -hmm. details of all that and how it looks. But mm -hmm. what, and then what are the spec scans typically? They're about two thousand dollars each. Yeah, there you go. You yeah. Know, so, um, but you know, I didn't get caught up in that. We, I just sat down with my wife because my wife is the one that kind of holds me back whenever I get crazy ideas, <laughs> and she's she's the realist, right? So yeah. I said, I said, you know, George really did well, and it was very inspiring to see his life change you know, and to be in a better place. Right. And I said, what do you think about helping more veterans from our business that we have, that we've had, you know, it's, it's a, a small business family owned. Yep. I said, what do you think about just putting, you know, whatever we can reserves and helping more veterans. And then she was like, let's do it. And when she said to me, let's do it. I was like, okay, that's a green Freedom! light. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Did, yeah. did, did, did any military background in your family or her family, anybody at all? No, I, I come, no, neither families have military background. I come from immigrant parents from Cuba. Wow. They came here Very in, the, cool. in the 60s. Very cool. She man. comes from her family is Japanese descent. So yeah. uh, not, but such a, a respect and a love and an honor for for the soldiers wow, and what they that's do. That's so cool. You know, and it was just bread in us. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I feel like now I'm, I'm serving. You, brother, <laughs> brother, you, 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 I mean, you're serving at the highest level, man. You're an admiral in oh, my mind, oh, brother. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, to take the initiative to, one, to, you know, first and foremost, the, the fact that you serve God on a daily basis, that's everything, right? Mm -hmm. That's the true, that's the, calling. that's the real, that's the real call to service that mm -hmm. if we can all kind of somehow move towards that, even if it's not as, you know, dogmatic as, as a, a staunch religious indoctrination, but mm -hmm. just, just so you can feel that, you know, if you serve God, you're going to be a lot better in your life. And, and to take that and turn it into this, this prod, the 22 project, man, mm -hmm. That's substantial. That's not because helping other people, because it's not always, you know, 
positive, right? It's not always it goes smoothly, especially when you're running a nonprofit for no better. Idea. Yeah, yeah. No idea did you have any idea nothing. what? So how did you get started, and what was your mindset? It, it's kind of a crazy story. Uh, there was this other guy. He, uh, he was a an elderly uh, Jewish man who was uh, later on in his life. He ended up becoming a patient of mine, and I was scanning his heart. And we were talking, I said, hey, just come to my office and we'll do a stress test because he was trying to get into his cardiologist office and they couldn't do it. Long story short, George comes to my office, he sees what we're doing with the brain spec and the light bulb goes off in his head. Now this is a different George, right? George Brindell. Yep. And so George says, I, I wanna work for you. I said, well, George, I'm not hiring. Thank you, I appreciate that, but I'm not hiring. Yeah. And he goes, no, no, he goes, I'm gonna work for you. You don't have to pay me, I'm gonna work for you because you gotta get this message out. You're wow. helping people. And he goes, you, he goes, my trade was a salesman I'm gonna, I said, all right. I said, why don't I put you on a small retainer and, and go sell? That's great, right? As a business owner, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about the veterans. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. At right? this time, it was just like, he just came at a pivotal time in his life. Uh, and he said, and every day he would bring me news clippings every single day. And he says, look at this veteran family. Look at this mother, look at this suicide. He was the one that was putting it on. He goes, you, Alex, you need to open up a nonprofit. And I go, George, what are you talking about? Yeah. I go, what do I know about nonprofits? Yeah, yeah, right? He goes, you're gonna do this because someone needs to do it. And you're the one that's gonna show the brain. And I said, you know, George, okay, you know, whatever. I thought he was crazy. I thought he was seen out. George, <laughs> he was with me a short stint, six months. Yeah. He got sick and he oh, passed away. Oh, man. And you know, along the way, he was he was moving me in this direction and he he had such a passion that he would sit down with me and he would say if we would meet with somebody with the red cross or whatever because people were saying oh we need to do this we yeah do this. he's like no what are we doing today yeah we need to do this today how old was george george was in his late 60s late 60s so from the vietnam era that whole yes, thing and yes yes but he got it yeah he, he got it. it immediately he knew it he says the brain spec is an important part what you're doing so he started putting those components together right um you know we we did end up applying for a nonprofit. i figured well let's try it and within three months we were approved which is like three months three that's months. unheard of we were fast tracking and my wife and i are like, oh, okay now what <laughs> well now you're in business yeah so yeah, what yeah. does how did you get your first client and and how what how did what was that process like so now we have the nonprofit. Yep. Right? We i'm commissioned now to go help veterans you, so you've got a website built you had you gotten that far yet? no i hadn't you know so I'm, you're just literally got the 501c3 yes, yes. and it's like what next yes and you know i'm an entrepreneur i'm a business Owner. Yeah. So I'm late at night, you know, sketching out logos and, you know, building all this stuff. You know, I, I did it. it with every one of my businesses. Yeah, you know? yeah me too, bro. <laughs> so you know what it's like. Bro, yeah. I've started and failed on, <laughs> on, on seven out of eight, man. This is the only one that's still working, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Thanks, bro. But it's the one that counts, right? It's the, it's the one, one that, that I'm, I love most. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, Little by little, you know, I, oh, how did I get my first veteran? So now we have a little bit of money saved up. Yep. All right, let's go treat veterans. And then um, I get introduced to a veteran in Miami who's practically homeless, young guy, served in Iraq. Um, he was uh, he was almost hit by an RPG. He was up in a two-story building. RPG, he saved his, his fellow soldiers, pushed him out of the door. The RPG came in the door, hit the wall behind him, and blasted him out of the building. Wow! And he landed on the on the ground. He had concussions, and then eventually developed into a, he had a drug addiction 
problem. Hell yeah. You know, so it was tough. So these two guys in Miami, I said, I'm going to help them. I'm going to bring them over here and we're going to put them up in a hotel and we're going to treat them up here. And it was, I was like a caseworker. You know, I'm running cigarettes to these guys. Yep. At the time, I didn't even know that, you know, cigarettes was detrimental to the work we we're doing uh, with HBOT. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know any better. Well, emotional stability is can be, I mean, that's a, that's a different, you, you have to weigh out, how do I keep the kid here? Yes. How do I keep them engaged? And if it, if it, if it's having a cigarette, mm-hmm. what, because that's the reality. Yes. That's the reality of their brain. That's yes. the reality of their daily routine. And so <laughs> that's your baseline, yes. right? So, yes. yeah. And if it makes them feel comfortable, that's what you and, do. And you, yeah, you can't just strip everything no. away and say you got to do. No, this. no, there, that's that's what happens to us, right? Yes. We go into these places, and whether it's the VA or we work with a charity or whatever, and they immediately want to change our reality to fit the narrative of what they're trying to do. Correct. And and what happens ultimately is, you know, you'll have those those those. Uh, uh, very superficial bumps in 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 productivity, right? Mm-hmm, Where mm-hmm. you'll improve behaviorally, emotionally. <coughs> Excuse me. Sure. <coughs> and then, as soon as they go back to their regular lives, that baseline drops down substantially, worse. much worse, worse yes. much worse, yes. like exponentially worse yes. and then it's a climb to get back up and that's where the addictions and the drugs and then the suicide. very difficult yeah. it's a very difficult situation we've we've evolved since then we yeah. you know we've brought in better protocols and uh, you know going back to andrew and miguel those two yeah. veterans that we had here i mean i was going to the library buying bus pass because they didn't have a vehicle yeah so you know it was a nightmare because i didn't know what i was doing you know i'm just trying to help these guys i'm thinking i'm doing the right thing at one time because they came together and as you know kind of support each other and the one guy tells me he goes i got to go back home i can't stay with andrew anymore and i'm like what do you mean I, I, what are you going to do with andrew he's like well he's going to stay there he wasn't allowed to drink so he goes to the bar across the street gets hammered yep. blacks out and fortunately they dropped him off at the va up in west palm and yeah. taking him to jail and he wakes up comes to and he rips out all the ivs and now he goes hey well out of the hospital and he calls me the only person he knows on a friday night at 10 o'clock at night he says, Alex, I don't know where I'm at. Can you come get me? So I go, yeah, of course. And yeah. my wife is, she's looking like, at me. What are you doing? What, am, what are yeah. you doing? What are you this doing? This is too far. And I said, well, I, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, you know, here, here's where. It Did kinda, you have reservations? Were you nervous? Were you worried what you were going into? I didn't even think about it. Nothing. I you I just, just knew it was I the just, right thing yeah, to do. He was on the streets on his own. And I was because that's him. a big part of this, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very big part of helping others, especially mm-hmm. helping people that are really struggling is that 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 lingering potentiality that man I'm going to invest in this emotionally and I'm going to get burnt mm-hmm. and that's why people don't serve others right because right. they've been burnt so many times oh, themselves yes, so they yes. don't want to extend themselves plus yeah. you're raising a family you got all your business you got all this now I'm out of my comfort zone oh <laughs> dealing with a vet that's struggling yes. that's yes. way out because yes. you know what I found is that when you deal with somebody that has just a medical issue or you deal with addiction issues or whatever, you know, we have this cognitive dissonance that's that we're able to separate ourselves a little bit emotionally because we mm-hmm. there's a there's an automatic expectation we're going to be let down. But with the veteran, man, you're drawn in emotionally because mm-hmm. you always have that ability to say that person served the country and I respect that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to help even though it might be potentially dangerous. Yes. So, yes. So and you so went and got him. I got him and on the ride home, you know, he's a mess and I'm, I'm just trying to pep talk him. Right. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I bring up the subject of God, you know, you know, do you have a relationship with God? And he goes, God, he goes, are you effing kidding me? He goes, I know there's God. I'm just effing mad that he didn't take me and he took my best friend. Oh, you know, and you know, what do you say to that? And you know, all I could say at that point to Andrew, cause it, you know, I said, I said, thank you for allowing me to see that part of your life. Yeah. I, I understood for that brief moment, what these guys are carrying, the remorse that they're carrying, sometimes the guilt. Survivor's guilt Survivor's is, is debilitating. That's yes. what that's what crushed yes. me, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't know I didn't know what to do with that. I'll be honest with you. They didn't they didn't finish the program, but I was defeated after that. I'm sure. I was defeated that. I'm and sure. We didn't do the second scan to see if they improved. Yep. They did improve. They were sleeping better. Miguel actually moved on. He did great. I mean, he did, he, the other soldier did great. Yeah. Andrew, I still pray for him. Yeah. I think some, some way I know God's going to get him and fix him. But I was at that point, you know, I had to kind of do a little soul searching and say, yeah, what is, man. what are we doing? You know, what is our, and so. Cause you can't keep that up. No. You can't do that. It's too debilitating. It's and, too destroy. Yeah. I mean, having now, yeah. I told you this at, at breakfast. So, you know, Gabe's death was probably, I think, the seventh team guy, friend of mine that had committed suicide. And, you know, I, I had made multiple investments in many of these guys to try and get them interventions, all this stuff. And it doesn't work because they're not ready or the help they're getting or the areas they're going to aren't, aren't substantial. And so you bear that burden, man. And you can only take so many of those before you go back sure. into that hyper protective mode, yeah. right? Where you're like, I can't expose myself and my family to this anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, and so at that point, I decided, you know, I'm not going to go chase veterans. And I've seen it with other nonprofits that they get started and, you know, they got the mission to go and help people. I see it more now as a calling. Right. And, you know, all of a sudden, veterans started approaching me. And they were coming to me saying, I need this. How are they finding you? By word of mouth. Word of mouth. Just like what we're doing here. Amen. One person tells another. Yep. And I just feel that every time that a veteran reaches out to me, that's somebody that God ordained to be in front of my path. Yeah, Whether brother. they go through it or not, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do what I'm supposed to do. You know, it's... <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's what riding too many airplanes all the time does to you. <laughs> um, you know... People ask me all the time, why do you do what you do? And I do it for the same reason, right? That at some moment, one person's going to hear the frog logic message and give them just enough to make it through that difficult spot mm -hmm. to ultimately go and find an, a new pathway and hopefully a pathway with God too. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I feel you on that mm -hmm. substantially. Yeah, and, and, and so the real cool story was is that the next veteran that – contacted me the same colonel that uh, that reached out that you know that we did the 10 veterans with right reached out to me and he says alex he says i'm gonna refer a veteran to you he came over to the college to visit me he's he's not doing well he's he's uh he's probably in his 30s he was a a, a sniper in yep. the army um he was a staff sergeant stellar career and uh he says i'll let him tell you his story and i said okay so he called me, had the shaky voice, mm -hmm. you know, because I could tell it's intimidating. Hell yeah, it is. And, and, and so he started telling me his story. He's, and his name is Javier. And uh, he's been married to the same girl from middle school. And now they're in the 30s. Wow. And uh, he, 
he was telling me that, you know, he, all he wants to do, he stays in his house all day. He's recluses in his house. He can't, he can't even go mow the lawn because of all the anxiety and everything he's facing. And he said at one point he had a, a breakdown. He agreed to go to the VA in Miami. You know, they Baker act him because he was just not doing well. And, you know, he picked up the Bible where it says in Matthew, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. So he literally self-nucleated his own eye right there in the ward. You know, that's and, substantial. Yes. Yes. That's and, that's and, that's and, a that's a that's an existential you know, yes. that's an existential point. So I told Javier, I said, Javier, I said, why don't you come to my office? So, you know, he's Cuban. He comes from all the way from Miami, brings his wife, his, his grandmother, yeah, the, the whole family. The whole, now this is good. Yeah, that, that's positive. Yeah. Yes. That, I mean, that's the only reason he's probably still alive at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially his wife. Yeah. So I showed him some brain scans. I showed him, you know, George's, I showed him some other ones we right. had done that, that improved. And you know, for the first time he goes, wait a minute. He goes, so this is an injury, like, like an injury on your muscle or something. I go, exactly. I said, this is not a condition. This is an injury. And with the right therapy, you can improve. And it was like, that was that first moment of hope. Yeah, man. When you see the scan and you realize, you know, you, you first go into, oh no, what am I going to see? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You think the worst. Yep. But it's not the worst. It's the starting point to know, okay, I got work to do, but it can get better. And, and that's all veterans need to know. Yes. Is that there is a pathway. Just like, you know, you start some, like he started sniper school. It must've been wildly intimidating. But once he got that first day or that first stalk under his belt or mm. that first test, right? And he's like, man, okay, now this is the pathway. Because in our lives, every single thing is mapped out. Absolutely. Every day, yes. every every aspect of every day and every training and every mm. deployment, it's just mapped out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and when you lose that and you have this, you know, this cognitive dysfunction, man, you're in you're in some trouble there yeah. for sure, and that's why we see so many. Yeah. That's why the 22 number is so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So. And so, uh, you know, I said, well, Javier, I can help you, but I purposely made him to come all the way to Delray. I said, his wife was a nurse at Baptist Hospital. She took time off. You know, they they allowed her the time off to come every wow. day, and so we sponsored him. But I wanted him to come every day. Yeah, I wanted to get him out of his house, and yeah. then I would tell my wife, I say, we need to once a week. Let's go out to eat with them yeah now you gotta understand when Javier was first coming and these are things we don't we take for granted he didn't care about what he looked like he wasn't grooming himself he was coming in pajamas yeah pretty much he was coming to visit us in pajamas yeah and you know we're going to Boca Raton because that's where we we're stationed yeah at. we're going to these nice rest I was always purposely picking restaurants that I knew were quiet yeah that he would feel comfortable yeah. so it was always intentional what yep. we were doing but the the whole intention was is to make him feel worthy again yeah right absolutely so my wife would come Victor and, Frankel man is the the king of understanding the value of self-worth mm -hmm. right I mean mm -hmm. you know you go through the concentration camps of of Auschwitz and Dachau mm. where, where dignity is reduced to the, the ink in your, in your skin. Mm. You know, if, if you can't have self-worth in some capacity and mostly starting with the fact that, you know, God at least loves you. Right. That's right. Right. You can build on that from there. So Absolutely. man, that's a beautiful mm. testament to, mm. you know, your awareness of what we need in terms of that value. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Javier started doing great. Wow. And you know, he lives a great life now. They had a baby. They got him off almost. Oh, man. I think he's down to one medication. He was at one time, 20 medications. Uh, and that, and people hear that <laughs> and they're like, no way, but that's yes. real. Yes. 
Yes. That's real. Every yes. day, 22, 20, 15, 18 meds yes. every single day. Yeah. So, I mean, so he's he's doing great. We keep in touch. He's always, you know, shouting out. He's, I went to the baptism of his son. That's beautiful, I mean, It's brother. just watching that. It's like, okay. And he's on his own walk with God. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of it. And, you know, I could tell you here after that, it was like, okay. I got a clear picture of how we're supposed to help people. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, we've never had to worry about funding. Yeah. Because we've had great organizations that have come alongside, you know. We but, can hey, only... before we jump in that, let me just yeah. quick real talk about my funding. Go for it. Yeah, just good, two, se time, yeah. two seconds just to make sure. Uh, first and foremost, I, I just want to mention uh, just this wonderful partnership that I have with uh, Onnit. Um, Aubrey Marcus started this beautiful company uh, called On It back in the day with this uh, cornerstone product called Alpha Brain, which helps memory and focus. Uh, I take this every morning, helps me with my uh, cognitive alacrity, I say, helps me keep focused all day. It's just a, a wonderful product. Uh, but On It is much more than that. They have so many other things available. I use their total gut health to improve my gut bacteria that. Uh, took a beating overseas, you know, getting goat gut, eating uh, uh, random things on the border of Uzbekistan. That probably didn't help that one. Um, but they also have all different types of products on uh, onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. They've got uh, proteins. They've got gear. They've got uh, workout stuff. Uh, two of my favorite things that I own in my house are my kettlebells that are shaped as a monkey head. Love those, man. Those are my favorites. Uh, thank you, Lex, for giving me those again. And I, I, I just... I can't say enough about on it and their focus on, on human optimization. So if you're looking to improve uh, your life uh, through some really quality products that'll help you perform at a much higher level, then head over to onnit.com. That's O N N I T.com and tell them frog logic sent you and uh, you won't be sorry. Uh, my other one is uh, wise company. Now, uh, I don't know about you, Alex, but uh, the, this coronavirus is scaring the holy living mm -hmm. shit out of me. Uh, it's the real thing. Um, and if you're not prepared, you are letting your family down. You're letting yourself down. Uh, and that's that's unsatisfactory. So what is Wise Company? They are the number one company in terms of freeze-dried food. They have a shelf life 25 years. This stuff tastes fantastic. I've had tasted just about every single meal they have. They have quality chefs building the products out in their uh, American factory yes. out in uh, Salt Lake City. These guys are incredible. Um, but more importantly, you know, we, as you think about preparation, as the coronavirus is coming here, just uh, another case, Sacramento, they moved them to uh, a place in the University of Nebraska hospital where they're at the, the epicenter of treating and uh, trying to come up with a vaccine for this. If you're not prepared, for potentially 20 million people being affected in America over the next three years, then you're wrong. And the way you get prepared is you have enough water, right? You have uh, enough uh, mass, you have enough things, but more importantly, you have enough food because when the foods are off, the, when the food uh, supermarket shelves are empty, when there's nothing available, you haven't stockpiled anything, you're going to be hurting, your family's going to be hurting and chaos will ensue. Now, I know that's a little bit uh, extreme, but Pandemics are no joke. Our last major flu epidemic back in the early 1900s, man killed what? Uh, something like 200 million people around the world. It was insane. So head over to wisefoodcompany.com. That's wisefoodcompany.com. 
Look at all the uh, 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 multi-day buckets that they have. What you're searching for for each family member is about 200 calories a day. So you can get uh, buckets that are easily stored, easy stack, 25-year shelf life. Uh, I, what I have is I have a, a little over, actually, I'm not going to tell you what I have, Alex. That's, that, no, I'm kidding. I have probably about six months worth of food, uh, for everybody in house. my, yeah, yeah, everybody, well, we won't be here. We got another place we're going and I'm that one. I'm not <laughs> yeah, telling not anybody. Tell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So head over to wisefoodcompany.com and check out all the different products. And here's the deal. If you put in promo code frog logic, you get 25% off everything they have on the website, everything. Now, if you're ordering a year's worth of supply and you're coming in around $7,000, imagine 25% off or six months or even three months, which is the minimum requirement I suggest for anybody, for everybody in your family to have three months worth of food. So again, man, this is the best product on, on the market. I'm convinced. Uh, head over to Wise Food Company, wisefoodstorage.com with Wise Company and tell them uh, promo code FrogLogic 25% off. Thank you. Awesome. All right, brother. Sorry about that. Oh, Thank you. Great. All right. Your donors. Let's yes. talk about these incredible yes. people. Yeah. Well, it, 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 where do I begin? I mean, we, we've had some great companies that found out what we were doing because we're a small grassroots effort. I, we don't do a lot. We, we, uh, as far as in social media, we do put out, you know, a lot of stories of veterans that we've helped and that kind of stuff. And what are the websites <laughs> and the social media that you're on? Uh, Support22project.org. Okay. Uh, and there have all the handles on the top. They'll take you to all the all the different social media handles. Okay. Um, I don't know them by heart. Yeah. My, my daughter was our social media <laughs> queen. Yeah, I so love it was that. a family run. I love you know, it, man. Those are the best so ones. We lost her because she moved on to become a CPA. So we've been struggling. <laughs> Maybe you can since. get her back, uh, right? <laughs> we can't afford her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's so, awesome. but here's the cool thing is people would find out what we were doing by helping veterans. And then they would say, Hey, we want to get behind you. So we had great companies like Monet. Um, Monet is a, is a, a hair care product, global company. Yep. First year they, they called me up and they said, we, we want to work with you. And I said, well, we don't, we don't really advertise products. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. We, once a year, we want to give back to veterans. Wow. And so they, at that point decided they, they invited us over to Miami. They did this great presentation and they gave us a $40,000 check. Holy cow. Alex. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, and, and, you know, it, it was, it's companies like that, just like my company, yeah. you know, you just, you just, you just want it to go to the right place. Yeah. You know, you're helping veterans. And then shortly after that, you know, we had other uh, national beverage company, Rip It. Yeah. You know, so yeah, those man. guys, those they came, found out what we were doing. They came alongside. They sponsor a lot, of, a lot of our events. Right. Um, we work with um, Mission Barbecue. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. They're God great bless people. Them. Yeah. They, they love our veterans. They love our law enforcement. So they've been really wonderful with us. Um, then we had this great foundation out of Cleveland that just saw what we were doing. They said, we want to get behind you because we, we don't want to interfere with what you're doing. We just want to give you more outreach. Right. And I told him, I said, well, I already run three businesses. I don't want to run a fourth. Right. And, right. And I certainly don't want to make a living from this because that's not what I've yep. been called to do. Yep. So I said, you know, as long as they said, well, how do we ramp you up from 50 veterans a year to 500? Holy <laughs> cow. And I said, well, that's a lofty goal. Wait, so from 15 to 19, you'd gone from one or two to 50 veterans a year. Correct. Correct. The first year we did about 20. 
And then we've done, and it's averaging between 30 to 50 a year. Wow. And it's just, you know, I'm running out of my personal office. I'm using my secretaries from my office to schedule, you know, so we don't have any staff. Yeah. We only have one person that's a paid staff member that does all the meetings. Yep. Uh, But outside of that, everything goes back. That's incredible. To the cause. So um, this great foundation came and they said, you know, this is in line with how we want to help veterans. And so, you know, they said, well, how do we get you to the point where you can treat more veterans? I said, well, I have this idea that the only way to do it is you got to build a Patriot Center. You know, okay. what, what I had labeled in my head a Patriot Center. And I see it as, as a place where you can bring in the HBOT. You can't bring in, yep. you know, all the great uh, treatments that are being done under right. one roof. And so they said, okay, you know, we like that idea. Let's let's help you build a business plan. Let's get you, but we want you to partner with a university. Yeah, for data, for the for the scientific, which was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. You know? So we, you know, we got in touch with Nova or Peter Anderson, who's been amazing. He's yeah. he's he's been on our board. Helps out. He does so much stuff outside, you know, his normal job and even above and beyond. Right. You know, he's got all these wonderful connections. He believed in what we were doing early on. And he's always, you know, taking meetings, meeting with people, trying to just making these partnerships work. So we've been, you know, working with the researchers, Dr. Klimas, Dr. Bested, amazing. They, they're they lead researchers for Gulf War Syndrome. Right. They do a lot at Nova University wow. for veterans. And they actually, it's great that I'm on this podcast. They just opened up a clinic, a free clinic for veterans. They're in their Davie campus. They have another one in uh, in Miami right. where they're treating veterans, healthcare, dental, eye care, auditory, not just for the veterans, but for the family members wow. for free. Wow. For free. So if you wow. want to find out more, just contact Nova Southeastern University. It's their healthcare department. Okay. Dr. Allison Bassett. There's actually, there's a shield emporium going on tomorrow at their campus. I'm going to be there tomorrow morning. Okay. And they're going to give a speech and they're launching this clinic, which I think is fantastic. Wow. That's yes. incredible. What's the name of the clinic again? Um, I don't have the exact okay. name. But it, you it, can go to the, the Nova website yes, and then yes, they'll have it yes. there. And I'll put it on my website yeah. as well. And I'm going to blast it out on social media Perfect. as well. So people can find out about it because okay. I mean, dental is huge it's it's everything, everything. man guys so. have pretty jacked up teeth too for sure from, absolutely from years of dipping and smoking <laughs> and all the other nonsense oh, yeah. well listen let i, I want to change it up a little bit because I, i'd love to get more into the technical aspects of what it, the process what it looks like how it works um from the phone call all the way to the follow-ups at the end so mm-hmm. but before i do you know i, I just released a show yesterday um, uh, based on a paper that uh, uh, um, my psychologist, a good friend of mine, Dr. Chris Free, who's out of the University of Hawaii, he also uh, works at the Trauma Resilience Center and Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at University of Texas Health Center. He works at the Department of Behavioral Health at Houston Methodist Hospital, which is where the synchrony program is that I talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, he and some other uh, doctors, Dr. Uh, Alok Madan, uh, Christopher Fowler, and some others compiled this paper called Operator Syndrome. And it's a unique constellation of medical and behavioral health care needs of military special operations forces. And what it does in here is it, it breaks down the term Operator Syndrome to, to compile all of the issues that we're facing. And I'm just going to go through real quick just to read them once again. So operator syndrome includes traumatic brain brain injury effects, endocrine dysfunction, sleep disturbance, obstructive sleep apnea, 
chronic joint and back pain, orthopedic problems and headaches, substance abuse issues, depression and suicide, anger, worry, rumination, stress reactivity, marital, family and community dysfunction, problems with sexual health and intimacy, being on guard or hypervigilant, memory, concentration and cognitive impairments, vestibular and vision impairments, challenging uh, challenges to the transition from military to simil- civilian life, and common existential issues, which is a whole opens up a Pandora's box of, of mm. stuff. So I'm pretty sure it's pretty <laughs> comprehensive. I'm pretty sure that the veterans that are coming to you are, 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 are many of them are suffering from operator oh, syndrome. Yeah. We're, we're hitting all and, of them. And, and as, so as you getting these people that have these slew of issues, walk us through the process from the phone call to you, to the whole thing to where you're, you're doing the final follow-up with whomever. Tell us how that sure. works. So uh, they contact us through our website, get our phone number, and they call. You know, And then usually it's myself or one of the other veterans that, that work with me. We'll call them back, kind of get a little bit of history, find out you know, what, what, what making them call, where they're at right now. Uh, we don't care where they live because we'll fly them from all over the country, bring them down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so there's an application process that they have to go through. Now, I, you know, from where we started, where veterans were smoking and, and, you know, and drug addiction, any alcohol, you know, we've, we've learned, especially through watching the brain scans, that the brain health doesn't improve if you're a smoker. No. It won't improve because the whole idea is you're getting – you know, fresh O2 oxygen. Well, the vasoconstriction the from, from the carcinogenics is just, it's devastating. Oh, yeah. 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 Especially so, to the brain too, which is people don't really realize how, how much you're affecting your brain function. Exactly. So it's contraindicated. They're wasting their time really yeah. is what they're doing. So, um, so we, they have, they, they have to be it, off cigarettes. What about, what if they're struggling? What if they have a, a, a slew of the 22 meds they're taking? Do they have to be off all those? No, yeah. No, yeah. Okay. No. And if they're, if they're functional alcoholics, if they're, if they're, you know, they gotta have a drink in order to get the sleep every night. Is, we, is there we a We encourage them not to have any alcohol, yeah. no marijuana, no smoking. Yep. You know, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to optimize brain health. Now, yep. some of these medications they're put on, you know, they need it. Yeah. You know, for depression and, and the proper way to do it is they're going to start to feel better, but you really need a physician to help you titrate off those meds responsibly. Absolutely. We're not equipped to do that. Okay. It's a short stent. It's only 30 days. So I always tell veterans, I said, you know, this is a journey. It's not a cure all. It's a journey. You're yep. going to start first. Once you're accepted into the program. And, and how long does that acceptance take usually? A few weeks. A few weeks? Yeah. yeah. It's not long. Is at it all. based on insurance? Is it based on anything? No. Service history. When we first started, because we thought our, our scope was narrow as far as because of funding, yeah. You know, we always said, you know, it's for uh, post 9 11 combat injured veterans. And that's what we've mostly focused on. But right. now I've helped veterans from other wars, you know, from the Gulf War and even Vietnam. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, you it's know, hard to say no. You, 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 <laughs> most of the Vietnam vets, most psychologists or psychiatrists have written off. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. too far removed from their trauma. It's, right. it's, right. you can't help it, right. which is, is, it's just, it, it blows my mind to, that somebody could muster up that statement, right? That there's nothing you can do for these people. And that's just, that's unbelievable. It, it's we have a, a, a Navy CB retired that served in, uh, in Vietnam. He was really struggling. You know, he's advanced age um, and he struggles with memory. And you know, 
his wife reached out to me and said, please, is there any way you can get him in? You wow. Know, I'll do whatever, you know? And yeah. I said, I said, you know what, Maggie, I said, we'll help him out, you know? And so uh, wow. we, we helped Tom out. And now we have a, a, a fellowship, you know, which I've told you about. Yeah. We meet every two weeks at Nova University. They give us a great, you know, room to meet at. We bring over the bagels and, the, you know, the coffee and everything. Right. And these are all servicemen. A few service women have come, but mostly servicemen from all the different branches and from different wars that they've been in. We've had special ops guys that come. We've had buds instructors that have come. We've, I mean, it's an amazing Econ. place to be. Yes, right. I gotta he's, give a shout out to awesome. my bro brother, awesome. man. Huge uh, influence yes. in my life when I was a uh, new guy at Team One, man. Yeah. He was somebody that I admired and looked up to, and I still do this to the day, the work that he yeah. does and his beautiful wife, Char, yeah. And, yeah. and just they have this amazing family, and he really embodies uh, the possibilities of, of what how life can be positive after your, your experience. So true. Yeah, so man. True. He came here, stayed a month. He came to our fellowship and he, you know, cause he's from California, yeah. dude, he says, we don't have anything like this back home. I wish I had something like this back home. <laughs> right, right. And he goes, Alex, this is really special. You know, it's what the, it's the Lord's hand on it. Yeah, man. You know, cause we, when you get together with, with your, with your buddies, you know, it might've served in different eras and different, but it's the same. It's the same. It's the best time of their life. Yeah. You know, no matter what they've been through, they always say the same thing. I do it all over again. Yeah. It's the best time of my life. hundred percent. You know, and I get that. And I get to go to those meetings. I'm privileged enough to be accepted into those meetings. Yeah. And, you know, but it's all veterans. Yeah. And it's a place where you can share your faith. You can share your struggles. But it's not only about, you know, the negative side. It's about the positive Absolutely. side. Absolutely. How things have improved. How the other yes. thing. And, and it's the sharing of those these little tidbits that that help with managing all this stuff. I mean, that's yes. really where it happens. You Absolutely. know, you look at post-World War II and, you know, they had the American Legion. They had the VFW. They had all these other organizations to give them that that space. You know, my fiance Jana her grandfather uh, served in World War II, was uh, paralyzed uh, uh, a month out from uh, going into Berlin. He took a giant piece of strap mill, bottom of his back, paralyzed from the waist down. And, you know, that was his saving grace. I mean, it, you know, it, it intensified his functional alcoholism for sure, but mm. it was his saving grace because he had a place to go to share mm. in that fellowship, yeah. right? And yes. that's what one of the biggest parts of healing is about, is about that ability to share. And that you're not you're not alone. Yeah, my God. You're yeah. not the that's only one everything. going through this. Absolutely. You know, and, Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the, the topics that come up, you know, even like where we were talking about earlier about survivor's guilt, yeah, you man. know, you know, you, you come on the other side of it and you start hearing guys that says, no, I'm not going to honor, you know, the sergeant that took that lost his life, you know, to save everybody else. I'm, you know, I'm not going to dishonor him by taking the guilt on myself. I'm going to honor him yeah. by carrying flipping on. it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that helps yeah. the other guys that are hundred percent. You're like, Oh, you can do that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How about that? Well, you know, yeah. and going back to Tom yeah. CB, you know, he's been coming to our fellowship meetings. He was an angry person because yeah. he was, you get angry when you can't function, function. 
It's debilitating. Absolutely. Pain, not Absolutely. Uh, these existential issues that you you're you're not competent anymore. That you don't you don't nobody gives you the worth that you had when you, you don't have the responsibilities. Your Absolutely. your emotional intelligence has been stripped away in many ways. You can't interact. You're you're unsocial. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just endless. Yes. Endless. Yes. All right. So and, so they you fill out. They come in. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. you. Cut, you had you had more to say about Tom. Well, though. just Tom for the first time. He's in his late seventies. He says, I have a friend. He's never had a friend his whole life. Oh, wow. Never had a friend. And the guys that are there, he goes, John is my friend. Wow. He goes, I've never had a buddy. Wow. And he was retired. You know, when he got out of there, he was NYPD. Think of the shame that the Vietnam belts, you know, you, it wasn't something that you were going around telling everybody because you didn't want to get spit on. You didn't want to get ostracized or chastised for something that you were just doing your job. Right. Exactly. And you know, Tom smiles, he laughs, he comes in, you know, it's great, you know? So it's, and that's where the fellowship part, you know, and just allowing the Lord to, start to fill that void in your life. I want to, I want, I'd like, I want to finish on all that. Cause I yes. really want to emphasize that piece. But so after they, they fill out the paperwork, they've been approved. What happens next? Uh, we start to uh, coordinate uh, 30 days is what it takes for them to come down to South Florida. Unless they live here in South Florida which is fine, but we put them up in a hotel. So we coordinate with them when it'll work uh, for them to come for 30 days. We get them a rental car if they can drive. So they can get around to all their treatments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fly down here. Uh, we uh, we put them in a nice, safe hotel in Boca Raton, um, and then they go have the scan. Is the first thing they do. That kind of tells them where they're at, where their baseline is, gives them an idea why I feel and act the way that I do. Wow. Especially depending on what your occupation was mm-hmm. you know, when you were in the military. Um, you know, you have mortar guys that you know, thirty-year-old mortar guys that have been standing on a steel plate you know, detonating mortars and you should see what their brain scan. How about tank guys? Oh yeah. Or artillery guys. I mean, or the the ones for me, man, are, are are breachers and are, are EOD guys. I mean, those, those guys just every, it's part of their job to experience those blast waves regularly. Yeah. And and I think you're going to see more about CTE coming out and those, and those, uh, those guys that were exposed to those type of blast injuries because the body's not meant to sustain those type of, you know, impacts day in and day out at all, at all, (laughs) at all. In fact, it's the antithesis of what you should be doing to your brain. Right. In fact, if you do that once to your brain, you're risking a lot. Right. But to do it regularly, 20 year old kids, you're doing what you're called to do. And you know, that's That's it. This is my job. I'm serving the nation. I'm going to do it, whatever they tell me to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So while they're here for, they're going Monday through Friday, they're doing two hyperbaric treatments per day. Okay. There has to be a four hour window between the two dives. We okay. call them dives because yep. they go down. So let me tell you a little bit about please, hyperbaric. Please. Uh, we put them in a pressurized chamber. These are all medical grade chambers, the hard chambers, yep. monoplace chambers. Yep. Uh, we get them down to- And, and to describe those tubes a little bit, because like, yes. I think a lot of people who have potential claustrophobia yes. or those anxiety clear issues- acrylic. Yep. Big, yep. Clear, clear acrylic, big, clear acrylic. You know, so they're in a safe environment. They're put on a gurney and- They can read, they can- Well, you can't bring anything in, in with you right. because of, you know, you got to- Oxygen is highly flammable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you is. can't have your phone in there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the nurses where we work, they're really good. They'll actually put a book on the top and they'll flip the pages for you. If That's you what I, yeah. And there's a TV. <laughs> there's a TV out there. TV. There's a speaker where they yep. can hear it, so you yep. can watch whatever series you want. You know, yep. catch up on all that. Uh, but they they're, they're going to do that twice a day. Okay. For 
uh, 20 days, 20 business days. And how days long is now. each dive? About an hour at depth. And what, what is it, try, try, try and describe that feeling to be pressed down to, what is it, 1.5 atmosphere? 1.5. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, some people are staggering depths, but mm -hmm. the, the normal treatment protocol for TBI is 1.5. Right. And, um, and so they're there for an hour at 1.5, breathing 100% O2. O2. Is there any kind of dysfunction or, or uh, discomfort? Do guys get skin issues? Do they itch? Do they have, other than your station tubes having to right. clear, that's really right. the, that's only, the distress, only distress, that right? That or COPD, any breathing issues, yep. it's gonna, or seizure activity, any active seizure activity, those are going to preclude you from being able to do the, the dives. Okay. Uh, but that's cleared by the, the medical doctor. Yep. So they get a physical while they go there. They're cleared. And then they start right away. And here's the cool thing, you know, in the beginning, and I love it when guys come in from out of town and we've had a couple service uh, women too, because they get to work on their health. They get to be selfish. They get to be selfish, <laughs> but in a way it's not the everyday distraction of, you know, and, oh. and if you're going to help somebody reset their life, they need to focus on their health. Period. Period. And, and need to shut Absolutely. down every yeah, external absolutely. influence there is. Absolutely. No, people can't fathom the the, the importance of that, right? Mm -hmm. Because what happens? We, we, we live in these lives where we just start. The expectation of fatigue is always present. The expectation of worry is always present. And you're like, this is just life. Right. And so all the the things that give you pleasure seem to be fate. They fade away yes. under yeah. these stressors. And so Absolutely. this is a, a dedicated environment for 30 days for yes. that they can only focus on themselves and their health. Absolutely. Man, beautiful. We just had an 82nd Airborne from Montana here, young guy. He couldn't, you know, his joints were always hurting him from all the, all the jumping. Yep. And while he's here, he's like, he started boxing again because his joints, because it's going to, it's going to permeate your whole body, yeah. not just your brain. So he's like, I'm boxing again. I could tell you story after story of guys that were in a different stage of life in a chronic state of pain yeah. and just is fog and now they get this energy and like, you know, I want to hit the gym. I want to go work out. Yeah. It starts to matter again. You get back to that space that you want to be in, yes. man. And yes. you're like, and the, the beautiful thing is that it's possible too. Yes. In a right. short amount of time. In a short amount of time, right? 30 I, days. Absolutely. 40 dives. That's remarkable. I mean, yes. that's, 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 that's transcendental, man. That really, that, that opens up a whole new form of existence for people. I, I would say, because I know so many of our soldiers and veterans suffer with sleep disorders. All of them. All Every of them. single yes. one of the people that were involved in this study, which is about coming in right around 60 to 70 spec ops and intelligence people. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us has sleep issues. Every single one. It's it's 100%. Yep. Yep. And, and so I started having them journal. Yeah, and in that's their brilliant. Journal, yeah, they they have to mark down their sleep, what time they go to sleep, what time they wake up, how many times do they wake up, what quality of sleep, yeah, mood the next day, and you see it time and time and time again after about eight to ten dives. Eight to ten dives, yeah. It breaks through. They yeah. break through. They start to get the cadence of sleeping six eight hours again yeah. on their own. Yeah, I, I mean, even Econ came back and he goes, dude, he goes, I haven't slept like that since high school. Yeah. Oh, you don't, you don't, <laughs> yeah, you, like, you don't. Your brain is yes. just rewired. You have yes. rewired the way your brain processes Amazing. serotonin, Amazing. dopamine, yeah. everything. Imagine so. if we did a research study just on this on the sleep 
Yeah, improvements. improvements. Oh, that well. Huge. Hopefully, yeah. Nova will I'm do that. Yeah, that. yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Man, yeah. I, I think yeah. I I know a person that might be able to help you with that. Actually, awesome. Yeah, awesome. I'll put you into. I'll okay. give you the name okay. after we're Perfect. done. Yeah. So uh, they're going to go through that twenty bit. So Monday through Friday, they're busy because they go in the morning. They take a four hour break. That's the time they probably want to go work out, do whatever, yep. eat, and then they go back into the chamber. Do they have access to all the facilities on Nova? Can they go to the gyms there? Can they? Currently, it's not being done at Nova. Okay. So we haven't. We have the funding to to buy two chambers. Yep. But we're waiting on the the process of working it out with NSU. Okay. To hopefully put the chambers there and proceed with got the, it the research. So right now we're working with a great. We're a couple of great locations here close to us. Yep. And we just refer them there. Okay, great. And they treat our veterans great. All right. So, um, so, and then on, on uh, every other Saturday, we encourage them, hey, come to our fellowship group. Now, uh, the foundation from Cleveland says, hey, every time you meet on Saturday, we want you to take the veterans out to lunch at Mission Barbecue. Wow. So now we treat all the veterans at Mission Barbecue. Great, amazing people who just yeah. come around and they say, we want to help. And we don't, and they don't even want name recognition. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's no, we want you to they continue care. to help. They, they care. They really care. Absolutely. Yeah. So I take that seriously. So, so, the, so eight, nine dives, 10 dives in, you start to see the transition, yeah. right? And then, so at the end of the 40 dives, what happens next? We schedule them to do their second scan. So here's the great part is you get, you, now you get to see, not only do you feel the improvements, yeah. right? Because some of it you might think is it placebo, but now you're sleeping, you're, the fog is lifted, you're feeling better, pain is reduced, emotions are coming yeah. back. I, I can't even tell you how many veterans it says I haven't felt emo they've never cried in yeah. 20 years. Yeah, and now they're thinking about their son or their daughter, and they start tearing up and they start having emotions. So I haven't had an emotion in intimacy 20 years. is a beautiful yes. thing, right? Yes. Being in connection with who you are and what you feel. Absolutely. We we. You take it for granted because, you know, as you move into the space of what they're asking you to become, you have to give that up. Yes. You have to give the component of, of intimacy up, really, really, because you, you, you can't maintain that sensibility and being asked to do what they're asking us to do. You And it, by the nature of the programs themselves, they... They depress it, right? right. They, they, Absolutely. They, they, they repress it. And then we learn how to repress it, yes. right? Yes. So I, I can't, I mean, that for me is, it's it's the best program in the world. It works really well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and thank God, because yeah. it enables our military to keep what we have, which right. is perpetually under attack. So right. there, there's a definitive need. It's just... Now we're recognizing, hey, man, there's stuff we need to do in order to help these people probably during and especially after. after. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. So they finish. What, what, what happens next? Do the second scan. And then we have a, we have a. Actually, What's that like seeing them see their second scan, like putting them next to each other? Do they cry? Sometimes they, they cry. Sometimes, you know, I, I, it's great. I love to have pictures with them when they get it. Yeah. They get big smiles, you know, because they know they put in the work. Yeah. You know, they they've stayed true. They stayed clean because yeah. they want the improvement. You know, and now they're invigorated. Now they want to go back home and they want to start with their family. You know, yeah, they're man. on a different place. Right? Yeah. So, you know, we connect them hopefully to God so that they have that eternal purpose in their heart. And then when they go back home, they say something started here and I want to continue. Let's talk about that, because mm -hmm. as you know, as you and I have talked a little bit before, man, that was a big piece for me mm -hmm. it was 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 saying, OK, I can't rely on my teammates in real time anymore. I can't have rely on the trident. I can't rely on being in service on, on you know, that's, 
that 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 kind of uh, superficial not superficial uh that's that subconscious support that exists right that mm-hmm. i have i can always lean back on that right, right? that's right. my support but when you come out, you don't have that anymore. And it's very difficult to, to truly lean on your spouse, your kids, or your any of your family members because they just can't comprehend, right? right? So for me, that was a big piece, was being able to finally take a risk, take a leap, and, and lean on God. Mm-hmm. And, and that was transitional. So how soon do the— do, do, do all of them join the fellowship? Do most of them join? And then, and then also, as they come in, is it— is it the third or fourth meeting? When do you start to see that kind of light go on? I, I know with the one Green Beret that you'd went, you went to church and it yeah. happened instantaneously, yeah. which is a miracle yeah. in and of itself. But yeah. what are you seeing with these other? You know, it's, it's, it's not always instant. Yeah. You know, sometimes the seeds are planted there, you know, and you don't know how they're going to grow. But, yeah, you know, man. hey, God is faithful. He'll make it grow. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'm encouraged also by the guys that now keep coming, the local guys that just stay connected yeah. and they want to grow in their faith, you know? So we started another meeting, a weekly meeting every Friday, <laughs> kind of like the discipleship work, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's a personal thing too. Right. You know, it's, it's not like we're, we're living the gospel message through our actions. We're not preaching to anybody. Yeah. You know, we get to share about great truths. You know, sometimes from the New Testament, sometimes from the Old Testament. I've had, we had a Moroccan veteran that was, uh, you know, citing the, the, the Our Father in his language. Really? You know, we have veterans that were not, you know, there were Muslim faith that, you know, that they come to our meetings. They get, I've had a judge who, you know, is Jewish who comes and he taught me things about the Jewish faith that yeah, encouraged man. me. You know, so it's it's really beautiful watching that. And that's that's the way I think the Lord works, right? He, it's not... How so? In what way? In a way that he develops a personal relationship with each person. And it's it's by true humility that you share, you know, I can only share what God is doing in my life yeah. and try to be authentic. And hopefully that veteran sees what I'm doing, how, how he inspires me, and hopefully he gets hungry and then the Lord starts to work with him. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the way I see it. And then I get inspired by those young guys when they're figuring it out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the Lord touches them. And now that he's called them to do great things. Right. right? Because that's the other thing is you, we got to have a purpose Amen. as men. We got to have a purpose. I don't care as, if you're 30 all or 80 beings, years old. All Absolutely. human beings have to have purpose. And, yeah. And, and so they start to connect to that purpose, whether it's in an occupation, whether it's back to their families, they start to connect to a purpose. Right. And it's not so much on focusing on my pain or my, you know, their debilitating things that they're going through now they can start to become productive well you you figure you these 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 individuals you know you and and i've experienced this you you hit these existential negative aspects of your life where you 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 know you're so confused you're you're you don't see an end to it you're living in this 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 prisoner of war yeah you are Mm -hmm. a prisoner of Mm -hmm. of your of your service which Mm -hmm. is antithetical to what you believed would have happened to Mm -hmm. it but it's the you know, it's the effects that happen regardless of whether you want them to or not. Mm-hmm. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, once that mission is, is, uh, is really gone, mm-hmm. now you have to search for what that next mission is, but yeah. it, it, it's very difficult for people. So now all of a sudden you hit this existential issue of, 
what is my purpose? What is my meaning? And so once they can start to have that sense of normalcy and then you give them the fact that, hey, God is your unit now. That's right. Right. God. Yeah. God's God's your your CO. (laughs) And and in his in his our mission is to serve him and to serve him through loving others. Mm -hmm. And we can love others in an infinite number of ways. And, And it. You know, I think it's just a beautiful thing that, you know, God has shown you how to love these these individuals and to love people what you're doing. Do you do you do you have any moments that really stand out in your in your mind? And it sounds like you have a bunch because you keep telling these beautiful stories. But is there is there any one that really stands out that is the you know, the, the conviction with which God is working through you that really embodies who you are and what you're doing? I think every week. When I meet with the veterans, I get those convictions. I get refilled again. Yeah. Because it's the stories of watching how, you know, their lives are growing. You know, they at one point, you know, these guys were desperate. You know, they were stuck. They were, you know, trapped into a lifestyle. They were, you know, whether it was through addiction. At one point, they were, you know, they were just trying to survive. And now you see them thrive. Yeah. And, and it's not just, these aren't just normal people. These are men of valor. Yeah. These are people that I'm just... I'm in shock and awe that I'm even allowed to be around in the same room with them. I, I remember at one point I'm driving, I'm driving to Nova. I got a Navy SEAL, a Lieutenant Colonel, a Staff Sergeant, and me. And I go, who's the oddball here? You know, like, <laughs> Which one of yeah, these kids is yeah, doing their own yeah, thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm pinching myself because I go, you know, what an honor. What an honor yeah, to man. be around these guys. And, you know, and I re- and, you know, the cool thing is, is that they, they still don't, you know, they don't share all the time about what happened over there. Yeah. But they're talking about their life, yeah. and they're moving on, and that, and that's the gratification point for me. That that's a pivotal thing right there. It's a real pivotal thing, right? And when you get locked into a, a a time in your life, whether it's trauma from a childhood or it's trauma, uh, grow, you know, in your young your your young adulthood or whatever. But for us, it's it's man, you you get so immersed in in making this sacrifice to become you know, what you imagine to be this, this grandiose, fulfilling existence. Mm -hmm. And then that's gone. And, and so for me, the big thing is like you're saying is, is to reinvigorate them to say, Hey, you know, you did 12 years from, you know, 18 to 32, you've got 40 years of your life yet. Or even guys that are retiring at 20, man, at 38, 39, 40, 42 years old, they still have another 35, yeah. 45 years mm-hmm. to have a massive impact in their life. And I, it, it's got to be just wonderfully rewarding to then, you know, feel as you're setting them free to go in this next pathway in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we have so many that it, I, I, Josiah, I don't know if he's listening now, young man who uh, he lost an eye on an IED blast. And, you know, we treated him. This was about three years ago uh-huh. and uh, and he's from Wilmington and now he's in the fire department, but he got turned down by three fire departments and he's a strapping, you know, you know, yeah. six foot three, big guy, yeah, yeah. want a service heart. You know, he just wanted to serve. He was taken out right away when he first, in his first appointment, yeah. you know, and it, that whole thing was stripped away from him immediately. And he was like, now what? Yeah. And so he came down here and you know, he got it. He had a strong faith with the Lord. But, prior you know, to prior yeah, to good. and that's what helped him and, yeah. and through you know we got him here it helped him tremendously and then he went on back 
back to school. He was able to function better. He was able to study, retain. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's something they, that I see it time and time again. These young guys are going back to school and they go, oh, I can retain things now. You know? Wow. So wow. It's, it's big. Well, let me ask you this. So from that first moment where you and your wife were sitting down and, and having that very existential conversation, <laughs> do we want to do this? Is, is this something that, you know, that I... The big, when a lot of people, what, what you don't realize when you are called to service, right. By God, hmm. you know, now all of a sudden you don't want to let God down. Right. Yeah. We, we always want to put it in context where, you know, there's an expectation of performance. That's just how we're built. That's how we train. It's behaviorally how we learn, but, but you know, you never can let God down anyway. If you're working for him in any way, shape, yes. form, you're not letting him down, but, but we don't think that way, especially if you're driven, you're motivated hmm. from that moment to now you know, what are some, you know, some definitive conclusions that you can share with the listeners about, you know, your work and what it's given you and in, in your family? Um, well, I haven't sat down and thought of that, honestly, because I'm still in it, you know, I'm still, I, yeah. but, um, I would say that, first of all, I couldn't do this without my wife. Amen. You know, thank I, you. You know, she's, <laughs> she is literally my foundation. You know, I, I always tell the guys, I go, guys, you know, you see me every week, but she's the one in the background doing the, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting because I got to be grounded. I got to be, you know, in a good place in order for me to go serve. And she is that rock for me. And so, you know, I just got to can't thank her enough. You know, Amen. we've been married 23 years, going on 23 yeah. years. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And she's amazing. So, and you know, and I, I have to say that, you know, this is our journey. You know, we didn't we didn't plan this, you know, we certainly didn't never thought we would end up. George is in heaven right now laughing, 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 laughing his butt off right laughing, now. Saying, see, yeah. I told you you were exactly. going to do this. I didn't see it. I was, my vision well, was too myopic. I didn't even. Well, that's how the Lord works, man. The Lord yeah, brings his yeah. message to us in oh, yeah, every way, yeah. shape and form. Yeah. Right. I, I, you know, Patrick, he's a, he's a retired Colonel, uh, went to West Point, somebody I deeply respect him and I, he has just a great perspective on everything that's been going on. And I tell him, I go, Patrick, you know, it's almost like you and I are just hitting each other in the elbow on a balcony view of how God is working. Because here's, here's the one thing it's, it's really, here's the perspective that I take. God cares about our veterans, our servicemen, our law enforcement and our firefighters so much because of what they do every day that he has not forsaken them. No. That's the message. If you look at my mission verse, that mission verse is about a person who's in a dark place, but it says that God has not forsaken you. Yeah. And so my calling is just to point them in a direction of, okay, the oxygen helps. It helps to repair some of the damage that's been done. You know, hopefully repair the relationship that maybe they never had or they lost along the way. Like you said, you have to put your, your morals and some of the things that you, you know, your God on the shelf because you got to do your work you know, hopefully reconnect into that, you know, Amen. but ultimately he gets the glory, right? That's why we do this. Amen. So, and I'm seeing it and I love it. And so that's, that's my takeaway. Wow. <laughs> Brother. It, it's an honor to, to have you on the show. It really is. It's an honor to meet you. It's going to be an honor to help you and to work with you you are are truly uh, uh, living that apostolic life, brother, oh, and you should be proud of yourself. And you should feel I can see God in your <laughs> eyes right now, and it's beautiful, man. It's inspiring to me, and it's uh, I can't thank you enough on behalf of all the veterans and just everybody's the veterans' families and all the lives that you're changing. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, man. I really appreciate you coming I, on. I, I hope this message touches, you know, there's a wife out there that's watching her hub, husband crumble. She doesn't know what to do. She's got little kids. There's her dad out there that got his son back or his daughter back. They don't know what to do. Give this a shot. Give us a call. You know, we will try to help you and we will get them to a better place. And that's, that's my call to them. Amen. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for having me. Yeah. God bless you. It. Thank you.